You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 117. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Now, this is an extra special episode because I have my sidekick back where we are going to be talking all about Facebook ad retargeting. And as you guys know, my sidekick is Rick Mulready. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on yet again to talk all things Facebook ads. I totally look forward to these episodes. Well, at least you didn't call me Regis or something today. I really just like to call you Regis. I'm Kathy <laughs> Lee. I think we're a great show like that, but I just went by your real name this time. And you time. can't say Michael Strahan anymore because he's no longer doing No, that, that was a lot of drama with Kelly. So... I just think we really just stick with the old school. Okay. We, we, well, today I'm the sidekick. You're the sidekick today. <laughs> I, like I love it. it. I like it. So how you been? I've been great. I've been really good. I'm sitting here drinking some bulletproof coffee. I've got kind of a little bit of a late start here this morning, but everything is really, really good. And I want to ask you, the last time we recorded an episode like <laughs> this, you had just gotten back from a vacation at Disney World. Yes. Now we're recording this and you just got back from a vacation in Mexico. I am a vacationing fool. Do you ever work? Yeah, that's very funny, friend. Very funny. (laughs) How was your, you went to uh, Mexico with Hobie, your husband. How was the vacation? It was absolutely amazing. Thanks for asking. We went to Cabo, but actually it was San Jose. I don't know all about Mexico, but it was a little bit outside of Cabo. It was absolutely amazing. We're not big drinkers or partiers and we're getting old. So we had to go where it was a little (laughs) bit quieter. We stayed at this hotel that was absolutely stunning. And we had our own plunge pool that overlooked the ocean. Like the ocean was the next step outside of our pool. It was, wait, wait, what's a plunge pool? It's like a little pool in your hotel room, like balcony, but but it wasn't tiny. It was, you could swim around in it. Like, could you do laps? Well, let's not get crazy, but it was bigger than a jacuzzi. That's what I'll say. Okay. And And it could be in the pool and it just overlooks the ocean. Yes. And you just sit there and listen to the waves the whole time. I have to say for the first time, and I think since I started my business, I didn't open up my computer for six days. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, didn't even touch it. How was that for you? I thought it was going to be hard because usually when I try not to work, I'm always like tethered back to it. For some reason, something just kind of clicked for me and I was able to completely shut it down. We slept in every morning. We took walks. We talked, you know, when you're married and you're super busy and working like crazy, sometimes it's easy to become totally disconnected and not have those really good, juicy conversations. And we laughed the whole time. We had great conversations. Both of us were like, we don't want to come back, which is very rare. I'm always antsy on vacations and ready to come back. I could have stayed an extra week. That's awesome. Yeah. So. And you, like when we started talking this morning before we started recording, it's been, what about it? Well, I talked to you just before you left. So it's been about a week since we talked. And one yep. of the first things I said to you is you sound more refreshed right now. I feel great. I really do. I didn't know how much we needed that vacation until we actually were there. And I teased with my mom. I was all stressed before I went because I was trying to get a podcast done and finishing up some last minute things. And I told my mom, it's going to be like two nights before I can even relax. Uh, it was like one hour into our hotel room when I saw the plunge pool and I'm like, I'm relaxed. I'm here. I'm present. 
it was just really great. So thanks for asking. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, like, how long did it take you to allow yourself to relax to get into the vacation? Because I know for me, hours. Yeah, like it usually takes me like a couple days. Yeah. But like, I'm so glad to hear that you were there. Once you got there, boom, you were into it. I was, I was ready. And I think what helped me, you know, if we're talking about work stuff, I really did prepare for this. So I let my Facebook groups know that I was taking a few days off the day before I did a lot of Q and a inside my Facebook groups. Cause that's usually the thing that keeps me the most busy. I'm in there every day. Mm-hmm. And so I let my groups know that I was taking a few days off. They were all so supportive of it. And one thing I do inside courses that convert is the first thing I have people do is choose a date that they're going to finish their course and then choose how they're going to celebrate. And this little Mexico getaway was how I was celebrating finishing Mm. courses that convert. So I got to kind of practice what I preach. I love that idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. It was really fun. And I kept thinking about this trip had been planned for months and months. So I was Mm -hmm. thinking about it when I was working those late nights and weekends trying to get the course done. So it definitely made a huge difference. And because my team was prepared for this, they were ready. I felt like I was totally supported. So this time I took the steps needed to get the stuff done before I left so I could really turn it off. Yeah, I love that because like you, I mean, there's a huge lesson there. Like as you're going on vacation or planning a vacation, do the planning in advance with your team and with your, with your students and customers, let them know that you're going to be going away so that you're not thinking about that. In all honesty, I'd be very transparent with you. So I did the landmark forum over the weekend and that's like a whole other conversation. We won't go down there, (laughs) but it was great. Like it was really good. But I was sitting there like on Saturday afternoon (laughs) thinking, "Uh oh, I forgot to let my Facebook group know that I was going to be pretty much not online at all for three straight days. And so that kind of made my, you know, I wasn't fully present during that time. And so that's a great lesson to like when you're planning, at least if you're going to be away for a few days, let your team know, plan for it. I mean, obviously your team's going to know, but just make plans for it and and let your customers and students know so that you can be present in whatever you're doing. So true. I think taking those few extra steps allows you to totally clear your mind and not feel guilty or like, oh, I should be doing something. I really truly felt like there was nothing that I had to be doing. And so now I'm back and at it and ready to go. So although, like I said, I could go one more week in that (laughs) plunge pool, but I'm going to be present here today. And now one of the first things you're talking about is retargeting, which is what we're <laughs> talking about here today. <laughs> we are talking some serious stuff today. Nothing so, like jumping right back into I it. I know, exactly. So the way that this episode came about, as you guys know, about every six weeks, Rick and I get on here to talk all things Facebook ads. But this episode is geared primarily to retargeting. And the reason for that is one of my students, Stacy, in my program, Courses That Convert, she posted in my group. And she said, I'd love to know more about retargeting, when to use it, how to use it, the benefits, the mistakes people make. She said, just kind of give me an overview on retargeting. And I don't really talk about Facebook ads inside my program courses that convert. However, I thought that's a great topic for just one episode with Rick. So Rick graciously agreed to focus in on retargeting. And if you're ready, Rick, I'm, I've got some questions prepared for you. Let's do it. Yeah. I love this topic. Okay. Perfect. So let's start at the very top for those that are a little bit new with Facebook ads and they're not really sure what it means to even retarget with Facebook ads. Let's start at the very beginning and lay it out for them. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing we want to talk about is that just sort of the language that people use when we're talking about retargeting, you know, you hear retargeting audiences, you hear custom audiences, you hear website custom audiences. I think the first thing to understand is that they're all kind of used interchangeably. It all kind of means the same thing. Okay. So that's good to know. 
Yeah, the other thing that people do also say is they, they consider when you upload your email list into Facebook and you want to retarget people on your, or show your ads to people, I just did it myself. When you want to show your ads to people on your email list, they call that retargeting. When I don't technically think about it like that, but it's it can be thought of as retargeting, meaning all retargeting is just in the simplest definition is, you know how when you go into Amazon and you're searching for, I don't know, a pair of shoes and you find the shoes, you know, you go to the Amazon page and you don't purchase them and then something distracts you. You go to another tab or something like that. Later on that day, you are surfing the net and you see an ad for those exact shoes on Amazon. Yes. Like that's retargeting. Amazon is retargeting you because you visited their website and didn't make a purchase or didn't take an action that they want you to take. And so they're trying to move you further along the sales funnel, essentially. So in world that, you know, what we're talking about here as far as our courses and as far as our websites and content and stuff like that, all retargeting means is that we are able to build an audience of people who are coming to our website, our landing page, our sales page, whatever it might be, but then not actually taking the next step. So if it's our opt-in page or webinar registration page, we can target people. And we're going to get into this during the conversation here, but we're able to build an audience of people who are coming to that opt-in page or the registration page or the sales page, but don't actually register or don't actually opt-in or don't actually make that purchase. So we're using retargeting audiences to move people along our sales funnel to the ultimate goal, whatever that goal might be, you know, sale or, or whatever it might be. Perfect. So, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but there's different options such as you could take the people on your email list, load them into Facebook, and then put an ad in front of them to either promote something you promoted to them via email, but they haven't Mm -hmm. yet taken action or something totally different. You just know that they're interested in a general topic because they're on your email list. So now you're going to put something in front of them that's aligned with your messaging and what you promote typically. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you get this question a lot too, and I do as well. Like, well, people are on my email list. Why do I want to show ads to them also? Like, why do I want to upload my email list if people are getting my emails? Well, it's a great question, but we need to remember that the open rate for our emails are anywhere between 10 and let's just call it 30%. Well, that means there's between 70 and 90% of our email list are not seeing those emails. So Facebook is another touch point to get in front of those people to show or add to them to market whatever we want to be marketing to. I know the other thing too that you've been talking about for a long time now, like a couple of years, I always love this, is that when we upload our email list, it allows us to segment people based on what... And I think this is what you were just alluding to, Amy, is that it allows us to segment people based on whatever we're working on, whatever project that we're working on. So we can upload that email list and then show as those people, even though they're already on our email list, we can segment them based on the action that they take on our ad. And we'll know at that point, oh, that person's interested in, you know, courses that convert, for example. We can we can use it that way as well. Right. Or you could just take a segment of your email list and yeah. upload that. And now you're saying, okay, this segment, I know they're interested in webinars because they bought my webinar program. Now I'm going to promote something to them related to that or whatever. Absolutely. So we're yep. kind of getting ahead of ourselves because I have some questions that probably get us back into this topic, but we'll just keep going with that. Okay. So before we get into all the details with retargeting, talk to me a little bit about exactly how do you set up a Facebook ad retargeting campaign? Yeah. So great question. And it starts with the pixel. And we've talked about the pixel here when we've done these episodes in the past. So 
We won't spend a whole lot of time on the pixel, but it starts with the pixel though. So the first step in setting up our retargeting audiences is we need to make sure that the Facebook pixel is on our website, is on our landing page or our sales page. And I say, you know, one of those things because it doesn't, like, I don't know which, what, you're, what you want to be retargeting. Let's just say I want to retarget people who are coming to my website because those people are coming to my website on their own fruition. So I want to show ads to them. And they know that's a warm, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but we need to talk about this in order to set this question up, if you will. If I want to show my ads to people who visit my website, then I need to make sure that the Facebook pixel is on my website. And so that's step one is to find the Facebook pixel for your account, get that pixel on your website's theme. It goes between the head tags of your theme. If your eyes are glossing over as you're listening to this, if you're not a techie person, not, neither Amy nor I are No, but you people. have actually a good resource all about pixels. Where can they find that? Yeah, that, so I wrote a big, like, because I get, kept getting so many questions about this, I wrote sort of what I'm looking at as like an epic blog post that has like how-to and videos and that type of stuff when it comes to the Facebook pixel. It's just rickmulready.com forward slash pixels. And in that pixel or in, in that pixel, in that article, I share with you a couple of WordPress plugins that will help you placing that pixel on your WordPress website. It's actually very, very easy to do. But that really is the first step is when you're setting up your retargeting audiences, you've got to make sure that the pixel is in place. Now, I know that we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but what one of the mistakes that people make is that they think that, okay, my, my pixel is placed now I'm building retargeting audiences. And that's actually not true. The first step is, it's a two-step process. The first step, get the pixel placed. The second step is then you actually have to create the retargeting audiences, those custom audiences that you want to start building. And there's no right or wrong here. I mean, it's, it's basically up to you what audiences that you want to create. Who do you want to be, or what pages, I should say, do you want to be tracking people coming to? So for example, that Pixels article I have a retargeting audience set up for people who are coming to that specific blog post on my page. And so, you know, one person might have five retargeting audiences, one person might have 500 retargeting audiences. It's all based on what you want to be tracking in your business. Okay, so a few questions with that. The first thing is when you set up these, let's say, retargeting rules, you tell Facebook how you want to retarget, you're doing that inside the power editor. Well, yes, you can do that. You can do it two different ways and it kind of gets you back to the same place each time, but you can do it within Power Editor or you can do it within Ads Manager. And as we're talking here, I just clicked over this view. I don't know if you have this view. and We actually haven't talked about this. I just got the new view, if you will, of Ads Manager last week. And the main difference is, is the menu at the top. And so now it says it has a little drop down menu at the very at the top left hand corner. So when you click on that, now this, that's where you can see all of your like audiences, pixels, reporting, and stuff like that in Ads Manager. And so when you're in there, there's an option for audiences, and it's under audiences where you can start to create these retargeting audiences that we're talking about. Oh, cool. Okay, I love that. And then the next question I have for you is basically kind of around what you've alluded to, and give me some ideas for how I might want to retarget. Yes. The first thing I like to do with this is I like to just kind of get some paper, just open up a notebook and just start or Evernote or whatever it is that you where you like to take notes and just start brainstorming all the audiences that you might want to track in your business. So for example, I might want to do people who are coming to my website. So 
if I want to build an audience of anybody coming to my website so that I can show ads to those people at a later time, then I want to set up you know, website visitors. Or if I want to set up, I can set up audiences that are coming to specific blog posts. So that Pixels article I just mentioned. So if I want to set up an audience of people just coming to the Pixels article so that I can turn around and maybe show them an ad for, I don't know, like a Pixels cheat sheet or something like that, I can do that. If you have like categories on your website, let's just say you do a podcast. And so, so Amy, for let's just say you have your, on your website, you have the podcast area and you want to show ads to people who are listening to your podcast. And so you can build an audience of people who are coming to any page about your podcast on your website. Another thing you could do is you could show people or you could retarget people who are, if you have like, let's just say you're like an e-commerce site or something like that. And you have like an add to cart page. You could be tracking people who are coming to the add to cart page, but don't actually purchase. If you have a webinar registration page, you can set up a retargeting audience of people who are coming to the webinar registration page or your sales page. As you can tell here, like there's so many different options that you can do. And the reason I say grab some paper and, and a pen and start just writing these out, just brainstorm what audiences that you want to be tracking. Because then once you have that, that list, then you can go into ads manager or power editor and just start creating those audiences really, really quickly. Okay. So let's take it one step further. So you were saying you can target people, let's say that come to an opt-in page, Mm -hmm. but you can also go further and say, okay, I want to target people that came to my opt-in page for my freebie, but then never actually opted in to get my freebie. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So in that case, you you do want to remember that you want the pixel on both of those pages. So the opt-in page and the opt-in, you know, thank you page. So thank you for opting in because you want to do that because then you want to exclude the, when you're setting up your ad to target people, you want to target people who land on your opt-in page. So you're, you're targeting the, that custom audience. So the custom audience of Amy opt-in page one. And so you're targeting that page, but then you're going to exclude the audience that you've created for the thank you page. So now you're showing your ad to people who landed on your opt-in page, but didn't get to the thank you page. That means they didn't opt in. And the reason we want to do that is because just because they land on your opt-in page and didn't opt in doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't interested. You know, I'm looking at my screen right now and I probably have, I mean, compared to most people, I don't have a lot of tabs open, but for me, it's kind of a lot. I have like, 15 tabs open. (laughs) I know other people who have like 100 100 tabs open, but it's really easy. You know, like we get distracted, we go to another tab and then that opt-in page is just sort of sitting there in our browser or the phone rings or somebody comes to the door or the baby's crying or whatever it might be. Just because they didn't opt in doesn't mean they weren't interested. So that's why we can use retargeting to show or add to them again, to get them to opt in again. You know what I mean? To, we want to move them further along our sales funnel. So yeah, so whether it's an opt-in page, a webinar registration page, a sales page, whatever it is, if they landed on that page but didn't take that action that you want them to take, then we can set up an audience to retarget people too. So to give you guys a little insight of how we have used retargeting during our launches, a few things that we've done is first, we would set up that epic blog post that I talk about a lot and I talk about it when I do a review for my recent launch courses that convert, what we did is we created an Epic blog post before we ever started selling anything before we ever did webinars. And we emailed our list. We ran some Facebook ads to that Epic blog post. 
We had a pixel specifically set for that specific blog post. And we created a custom audience of all the people that went to that blog post. It was all about creating courses. So now I knew I had this big audience of people that I pushed to the blog post that are genuinely interested in creating courses. Then when I started to promote my webinar about creating courses, I could send ads to them. And it typically was a lot less expensive because they already had a buy-in. Now, do you see that? I know this was a question for a little bit later, Rick, Mm -hmm. but I found that when we would send ads to people that already visited my blog post, they were a special audience that I had collected to retarget. It was a lot less expensive to get them to opt into my webinar. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm so glad you bring that up because some skeptics out there might say, well, you're initially paying for that person to come to to the blog post. Like, let's just say we're running a Facebook ad to drive people to the blog post. And then you haven't opted on that page, everything you're just talking about right now. Right. But people don't actually opt in. So then we're running another ad to those people, a retargeting ad to get them to opt into the or register for the webinar. Well, some people might say, well, I'm paying for it twice. And yes, you might be, we have to think about it from the perspective of a little bit less about the cost and the more about the quality of yes. that lead because that person has taken time on your blog post to consume your content. Okay, they didn't opt in there, but then they took another step. They, they clicked on your ad and then registered. So that person has consumed your content and taken another action. They're very likely a more qualified lead at that point. Yes, I love that you brought that up. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. 
I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Now, another way that we use retargeting during our launches is that we place the pixel on the sales page and also on the thank you page when somebody buys, like the confirmation page. And so we are able to know if somebody comes to our sales page, but they don't yet buy. Now we target that group, but what's great about that is usually it's a definitely a smaller audience and it's very segmented, meaning I do not run ads during my launches to a cold audience and send them directly to a sales page because I don't love doing ads in that way. And we, as a, as our business have found that it's not entirely effective that way. So we want a warm audience that we can actually send an ad to and drive them directly to a sales page. So if you were on one of my webinars, or if you visited my sales page, but you didn't buy, you likely will see an ad that will directly send you to my sales page, but it's definitely a smaller group, warmer audience works really well for us as well. Yeah. And I love that strategy. And I use that for my last launch too. So there's two things I want to two additional examples I want to share if that's cool. Great. So during my launch, I retargeted people. So I did a video series launch in addition to webinars. And so if you're doing a video series, one way you can leverage retargeting is you have the pixel on like, let's just say you have a four videos in your series. You have your pixel on each one of your video pages. So now you can set up retargeting audiences of people who visit your video one page, your video two page, three page, and four page. And then you can show ads to people who, let's just say we launch our video one, and then a couple of days later, we launch our video two. Well, when video two comes out, and it's at, let's just say it's out today, and we have an audience of people who visited video one and video two, now we can set up an ad to show the, our, our ad to people who visited the first video, but didn't get to the second video yet. So we can let them know, hey, just want to give you a heads up that video two in our series is available for you to watch. Here's the link. Okay. So so I love that. And I just want to jump in here and say that we probably should have said this at the very beginning, but the power of retargeting to me is that you can get a little bit more personal. You know where they've been. You know that they have a genuine interest. So you're not marketing to a cold audience. It's a warm audience. And if you're ever afraid of you know, being too salesy or being too spammy, if, if you ever have those fears with your marketing, retargeting allows you to get more segmented. So you're actually talking to people that have shown you already a genuine interest in yeah. whatever topic it is you're marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. And just as you said that, I brought, I think of another example. One of my students sells WordPress themes for podcasters. And so what he does is he has a retargeting audience is actually, we should have said this probably when we're talking about setting up retargeting audiences, but we can set it up for certain periods of time between one day and 180 days. And so all that means is the audience that we're setting up is tracking people coming to whatever page that is within the timeframe that you specify. And so if we say seven days, it's always the most recent seven days. 
once that pixel is placed and once that audience is set up. Well, what he does is he has an audience, a retargeting audience set up of everybody coming to his podcast WordPress themes page. It's a sales page. And so what he does is he has an audience set up for people coming to that page within one day. And so he targets ads to people who are coming to that page but don't actually purchase and follows up with them within the same day to say, hey, notice you were checking out you know, whatever podcast theme it was. He gives a little bit more information about it. And then he offers them a special discount code to come back and purchase. It's like a 15% or something like that. And he kills it. That is awesome. That. Yeah. I love how the timing is just like, boom, right there. Yeah. And, and some people say, whoa, this is super creepy because like, you know, like you're turning, I was just there and now you're showing me an ad for it. But the feedback that I've gotten from him that people tell him is that, you know what? I loved that you followed back up with me about that. It showed me that you were on top of things. And, and he know, offers and would, a discount. And he offers a discount and, and he, like, he just kills it. I remember the last number that I saw, I want to say for much of 2015, I want to say for like, say three quarters of the year, I think he spent like, I don't know, $900 on retargeting ads and he had done like $19,000 <laughs> in return. I mean, uh, yes not a bad yes. return. Every yes. day. I'll take that. That reminded me of another example. And I'm glad we're giving examples because I like people to know like how we're applying this. During my launch, and I actually didn't mention this, I just recorded the launch and review and I didn't mention this. So this is a little extra bonus to that. When we would do our webinars, we started to run ads that would say, okay, the webinar is in one day, don't forget. And then we would run another ad, the webinars today, and then we would run another ad. We're starting in one hour. And so we would take the audience. I don't know if you would call this retargeting, but it's more like segmenting, I guess. But we would take the audience of everybody who signed up for my webinar that day. We'd upload that list to Facebook. We'd create our custom audience and then we would send an ad to them. So I guess that is retargeting because we're getting back in front of them with a totally different kind of ad saying, get on the webinar live. And we had the highest show up rates that we've ever had for webinars. So I definitely attribute some of that to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is retargeting. And another way that you can do that too is you can just simply target your ads to people who landed on your webinar registration thank you page. Yes, and so perfect. yeah, and you're letting them know. The other way you can, um, or as we're talking here, this, all these this ideas episode's getting up. better and better. Keep going. <laughs> Examples here. If you're doing a webinar, you can retarget people who registered for the webinar, and then you can get. I mean, if you want to get super ninja with it you could again segment that list of people who attended the webinar versus didn't attend. Yes. And you can retarget those people with different messages in your ads. You know, like let's just say you're targeting people who registered but didn't show up. Well, maybe you're retargeting an ad for with your replay or something like that. Or if it's people who registered but did show up, you are, you know, retargeting them with an ad that's like, hey, remember we talked about this? Here's a case study or something like that. It's so you can use the retargeting in the lead up to the webinar to increase your show up rate. And then also afterwards, and you can let them know like, hey, the offer is ending in whatever, three days or whatever it might be. Again, this comes back to you're just as creative as you want to get. What audiences do you want to start building to retarget? I love it. I'm going to give one final example that you made me think about. Yeah. One of the things we did during this last launch was and I've never done this before. And I, Rick, I don't even think I've talked to you about this, but I got this idea from Digital Marketer when I was on their podcast, Perpetual Traffic. And what they said was that, and they suggested I do this and I tried it and we had great results with it. And that is that 
when we were going for our final webinar, our final live webinar, and remember I do a lot of them. So it's like the sixth live webinar I was going to do. We actually emailed all the people that signed up for one of my webinars, but didn't attend live. Mm. And so we emailed them and invited them back and said, if you want to get on live with me, here's your last chance. And then we ran ads to those people as well saying last chance, meet me here live. And it was like within 24 hours. So we made it a really short period of time. And we got a lot of people that had already signed up for one of my webinars, but didn't attend, likely never even watched the replay. And so signed up again and got on live with me. It's a great idea. Yeah. So that that was really cool. So we were able to use email marketing and ads for something like that. So all of my webinar students are going to love that. I want you guys to try something. You know, we gave you a lot of webinar examples, which Rick and I do so many webinars that it's so appropriate for this, but there's a lot of cool things. Like you said, there's so many different opportunities with retargeting. You just got to get creative and you have to look at your business, look at your launch, whatever you're working on and thinking, okay, what is my outcome here? What do I need to do? Who do I need to get in front of? And what's going to be the most powerful way to do so? And that actually leads me to a question for you, Rick, about budgeting. And mm-hmm. I, I want to know your take on, you know, how much money should I be putting for retargeting versus, let's say, targeting other Facebook pages? Yeah. So there's kind of two, it's such a great question. And one that I know that you get a lot and yes. I get that as well is that, and there's kind of two parts to it. Number one, you can take the question like, well, how much, what, what should I put towards my ad set? versus the other audiences that I'm targeting and how much of my overall budget should I put towards retargeting? Well, as far as the overall budget, you know, it really depends on what your overall budget is and what the objective is and all that stuff. So that's hard to say as far as what overall percentage should I put towards my retargeting. Just remember though, the retargeting that you're setting up is going to be your warmest traffic. These are going to be your most qualified people that you are going to have in your sales funnel. So the cost for the conversions is going to be the cheapest. So just remember that when you're when you're thinking about your budget. So you definitely want to be saving money to do that. Now, the other part of that is, all right, let's just say I'm doing $20 in my ad set to target you know, fans of you, Amy. Well, then the other question is, well, okay, if I'm going to be using retargeting, how much budget do I, do I have to put $20 towards you know, people who are coming to my webinar registration page but don't opt in? No, you don't, because that audience is going to be much smaller than your audience. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So in that case, I don't need to do $20. I might do $5. And I just do because $5 is going to be my minimum there. Okay. And so I just do the minimum. I don't need a lot of money to, to reach the people who I'm retargeting because that audience is going to be so much smaller than when I'm targeting you know your fans, for example. Does that okay, make sense? It does. And that leads me to the next question. Is there um, optimal size for your custom audience? Because one thing yeah. we kind of didn't mention earlier is that as you create these different audiences inside your ads manager, you got to give it a little time because you yep. need web traffic in order to start growing these custom audiences. Yeah. If, if you're not uploading your email list, I mean. So yeah, exactly. you got to get people to your specific blog post in order for that custom audience to grow. So is there a minimum size I need that custom audience to be before I can actually retarget? The number that that I've always heard is kind of like the technical number is about 100 people. But even with that, I've seen lots of examples, especially lately, where people have, you know, at least 100 people in that audience and, and Facebook is telling them the audience is too small. 
And so what I've kind of seen is it does need to be at least a few hundred people before you can actually use that audience to use as a retargeting audience. And do you want it more than that? I mean, if we're just talking about well, your own strategies. Yeah, you do. I mean, you, you do really want, I mean, obviously you want it to be as high as you possibly can because that audience, as I mentioned before, is a very warm audience. So the more people that we have in there, the better. The other end of that too is that, and we haven't even talked about lookalike audiences yet, but we can create a lookalike audience out of people who are coming to our website, out of people who are converting on our opt-in page or our webinar registration page. Okay, tell me real fast, what's a lookalike audience just for those that don't know? Yeah, so that's when we build a, that's when we tell Facebook, hey, Facebook, build a brand new audience for me that is similar to a specific audience like our email list or like people who are coming to our website or like people who are opting in for our webinar. So Facebook will find other people on Facebook who have similar attributes as the people who are visiting your website or who are registering for your webinar. So it's super, super powerful. And the cool thing about that too is that Facebook's algorithm for doing that match for, for creating those lookalike audiences has gotten much better over the past several months. And so that's a really powerful thing to do. But the problem is, is that people hear that they can do that and they're like, okay, awesome. I want to create my lookalike audience out of the retargeting audience that I've set up. And my retargeting audience is only 300 people or 400 people. Well, okay, but you really want to give Facebook as much basically data points to work with to be able to create that lookalike audience and be able to create a really good lookalike audience for you. So when it comes to an audience size to do that, I'd recommend if you can get a couple thousand people in there, you're giving Facebook a lot more data to work with to be able to create you a really good lookalike audience. Does that, does that make sense? It does. So that definitely is helpful, I think, cool, for sure. Cool. Okay, so to wrap things up, I have one final question for you. And that is around the mistakes that are commonly made when people are first experimenting with retargeting their ads. Yeah, good question. I think one of the mistakes that we talked about earlier is that they, they place the pixel, but then they think that's all they have to do. It's like, okay, my retargeting is set, set up because the pixel is placed. Well, no, but that's just step one. Like you place the pixel as step one, and then you have to go and create your retargeting audience that you want to, to later use. So that's like the first, I would say that's the first thing that comes to my mind when we're talking about mistakes. Another tip there, by the way, it's not really a mistake, is that I would create a retargeting audience out of any new piece of content that you are creating. So if you're, if you're writing a new blog post every week or you're putting out a podcast or making a video or whatever and it's going to be on your, on your website or on a landing page, I would create the retargeting audience right then and there when you are creating that new piece of content. Whether you have plans to use it or not to retarget people, at least you have it. At least it's done. And so you might want to add that to your sort of checklist of, of when you're putting together a new piece of content. One of those checks could be, all right, create a retargeting audience for that piece of content, whether you're going to use it or not, because you might get down the road, you might be creating it and you're like, you know what, I have no plans to use this. And then two months down the road, you're like, oh, I want to do this. And I want to target people who are interested in this. Oh yeah, I have this retargeting audience that I set up a couple months ago. And now it's, you know, several thousand people, let's just say. Yeah, I so think it's a really great practice. Just do it right away. The more retargeting audiences that you have set up, I think the better. Because then yeah. you can always get creative and have new ideas and think, okay, I've got these audiences I can go back to when I want to. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say the other, you know, sort of piggybacking on that is that, the other mistake that people make is they really don't sit down and, and just kind of brainstorm all the different ways that 
they could use it. I think we've been talking about here today, like so many different examples that you kind of have to think through what you are doing in your business. You know, what is your sales funnel look like? Is it a very simple sales funnel? Meaning like, all right, I want to get people to opt in to download something. Then once they download that, I'm going to follow up with them via email and then present them an offer. Is it a very simple, just a very linear sales funnel like that? Okay, if it is, where can I set up my retargeting? Like what audiences do I want to create? And one exercise that I like to do, and I know that you and I talked about this a lot, my students love this, is that just sit down and visually write it out. Like just make little boxes to say, okay, this is Facebook ad. The next box is the blog post. Let's just say the next box after that is the opt-in. The next box after that, it, you know, and just kind of do that. And then you can look at it and say, okay, I want to set up a retargeting audience of right here on my blog post page or on my webinar registration page and that sort of thing. Once you have it visually represented, you can say, oh, okay, I need this URL to set up the retargeting audience for, for that. And so I think that's another mistake that people don't do is they get kind of lost in the whole thing and it becomes a lot more difficult than it needs to be. And I would say the third mistake here is that people don't take advantage of this enough. Yes. I mean, this is the best thing that you can be doing with your Facebook ads is leveraging retargeting because, again, we've said it several times here is that this is the warmest traffic that you're going to find and people are showing an interest in your content. Why not use retargeting to move them further along your sales funnel? Definitely. I'm so glad you ended with that one because I think that's the most important to remember. Take advantage of it as much as possible. Now, I said that that was a wrap-up, but I've got one more thing to ask you, Rick. I know you've been working on something special lately. And when we were at Starbucks the last time, yep. you shared this with me, and I got this huge smile on my face because I thought, yes, this is exactly what you should be doing. There's such a huge need for it. So yeah. share with my audience what you've been working on, and then if they're interested, where they can go find out more. Cool. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. And I've been getting asked by so many people lately. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because it was one of those things where I knew there was a need for it, honestly, but I just wasn't doing it. And I'm being completely transparent with you. I don't know why I hadn't done it. But so many people were asking me. And it was really kind of over a short period of time that finally I was like, all right, the universe is like pounding me over the head to do this. So um, I'm creating a Facebook ads course for local businesses, Love for it. local brick and mortar businesses. And, you know, I get this question all the time is like, well, the Facebook ads that you're talking about seems more suited for an online business. I'm a jeweler or I'm a whatever, a massage place or something like that. So how does it relate to me? Well, I'm creating a course for local businesses and how they can be using Facebook ads. So Really excited about that. That's coming out very, very shortly from when this episode is going to be released. So I set up a landing page that if you'd like to be on sort of that first to know list, if you will, just go to rickmulready.com forward slash FB local. Can we link that up in the show notes page? Yep, for sure. Okay, awesome. So if you go to that page, just enter your information, your name and email there. You'll be the first to know when the course is available you know, that's the best way to, uh, to stay in touch with that. So that. excited about it. If you have a local business, definitely at least check this out. I feel like everybody with a brick and mortar should be using Facebook ads and there's specific ways to use it and different ways to optimize your ads if you're local. So Rick's going to dive into all of it. And I'm so excited. You're finally doing this. Yeah. You got to love when a business idea keeps knocking you over the head and then you realize, wait a second, this is a no brainer. Why yep. wasn't I doing this before? Right. Who knows? We've all yep. done that. 
but now you're doing it. So I'm excited. So cool. Rick, thank you so very much for being on the show yet again. I can't wait for you to come back and we're going to dive into other Facebook ad topics, but this was a fantastic episode. Thanks again. So much fun. Thanks, Amy. So there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed this session all about Facebook ad retargeting. I love when Rick comes on the show. I think my favorite part is when Rick and I started to come up with all of these examples of how we have used retargeting in our own business. I'm hoping that that sparks some creativity and ideas for your own business as well. The show notes and special links that we mentioned in this episode can be found at amyporterfield.com forward slash 117. Now make sure to tune in next week because I'm interviewing Dr. Josh Axe. If you don't know Dr. Axe, he's a certified doctor of natural medicine, doctor of chiropractic, and a clinical nutritionist. But that is not why I'm interviewing him. I'm interviewing Dr. Axe because he's going to take me behind the scenes of how he's grown his business online, specifically how he uses social media and how he uses specific online strategies to grow his email list and to generate revenue. Now, Dr. Axe is incredibly successful online, so you are definitely going to want to tune in and hear how he's built his empire. That episode is number 118. It comes out next week, and I cannot wait for you to join me then. Until then, I hope you have an amazing week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 